Lareo's entourage? <laughs> Good evening and welcome to the Joe and Joe Weather Show with Lareo's entourage. And the Joe and Joe Weather Show <clears throat> is brought to you by Omni True Value Hardware. They still have plenty of rock salt. There is a salt shortage that is developing across uh, the Northeast and elsewhere. They're at 1226 North Wellwood Avenue in West Babylon, 631-756-1125. And the website is omnitruevalue.com. And the way things are going, they're likely to be open, opening uh, earlier <clears throat> and closing later on Thursday. So once we get that squared away tomorrow, I will certainly let you know about that. And the Joe and Joe Weather Show is also brought to you by Wholesale Holiday Lighting by... Giannini of Giannini Landscapers in Lindenhurst, 162 Ocean Avenue in Lindenhurst. You can plan ahead for the next holiday season. At least it gets you out of this winter. And uh, also, if you want to be a holiday decorator, by all means, give them a call. 631-957-5106, 162 Ocean Avenue in Lindenhurst. So the the uh, I, I had the feeling today as I was putting up my posts with my forecasts and, and my thoughts on Thursday. Uh, and it seems like we've been in under, under a perpetual winter storm watch or a winter storm warning since the end of January. It just, uh, uh, yeah, we're getting a whole day break tomorrow before uh, this next weather system is coming in. You're going to notice that our, our snowfall maps are going to differ uh, tonight. Uh, there's there the um, there is uh, there are requests on the chat board, Joe, from Bill Rogers that he wants you to expand your coverage area so that you can include Vermont. Vermont. No, that's where he is. The the guy wants to know about Vermont. You can't blame him. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Well, you're not in Vermont, are you? Or me? No. No. It's cold enough to go down in this basement. Uh, of, of course, uh, the uh, the serious news with regards to uh, the winter weather and uh, continues to just wreak havoc in Texas. And we're hoping that uh, we can get Addison Green on. That's going to depend on where he is and whether he has power or not, because a lot of folks in Texas are out, uh, still without power for three days. Got to minus two this morning, Joe, in Dallas-Fort Worth. Uh, and some of the aerial pictures, uh, really, having having lived in Texas, it, it's it's pretty shocking to see snow on the ground in Houston, snow on the ground in, well, it may, maybe a little less shocking in Dallas, but still shocking enough. It just doesn't happen very often. Uh, but just to give everybody perspective, the average high temperature in Houston is 61 this time of year. And they barely, they just went over the freezing mark now. I think they're 34, the last observation they, that that uh, that I took. So, I mean, that would be the equivalent here. What they're getting down there, uh, the equivalent here would be a day where temperatures didn't get out of the single numbers and everybody was below zero or well below zero at night uh, into the morning hours. And then throw in a 20 or 25 mile an hour wind and a couple of feet of snow on the ground. You kind of get the picture of what it feels like for those folks who don't see this stuff that often. You know, I've heard a lot of people, uh, major uh, news sources that are all saying that this is the worst situation Texas has ever had in terms of wintry weather in this, in the last century. And I, I it made me scratch my head and, 
wonder. I, so what I did was I did a little bit of research today. I went back over the last 40 years uh, in the New York Times. I have access to the New York Times and I just simply typed in, in the Times, um, snow, Texas, very cold temperatures. And actually I came up with several situations where they have had some really nasty weather uh, over the last uh, 40 years or so. Here is one example. I'm sharing it on the screen right now. This is from January 14th, 1985. Please note that the, that the headline here for this story in the Times says, worst storm in a century paralyzes parts of Texas. And I obviously, I don't expect anybody to read the entire article, but when you read it, it sounds almost like what they're going through right well, now. Well, they're, they're referencing that. They're, I, I heard it referenced that this is the worst. This is the worst in, in over thirty years. So they're referencing this nineteen eighty five. But uh, I found event. also, yeah, I found I found one in twenty eleven, one in twenty o two, this one in eighty five, and I, I I said to myself, these kind of situations that Texas is going through right now, probably happen on average about once every ten or fifteen years when they have a significantly strong Texas or blue norther and uh, a storm system that interacts with the northern and produces lots of snow and lots of ice. Uh, this is, it, the, the way the mainstream media makes this sound, it's, it's, it's making it sound like this is like a once in a lifetime oh. or a once in a hundred year event. No, the, I, I would just, the only thing I would say is, I, the one thing I think that sets this one apart a bit from the others is the fact that we had I mean, we had winter storm warnings up for the every county in the state at the same times. So, I mean, I, I, right. I, I don't think that, I, at least in that I can remember in the last forty years, I don't ever remember anything like that happening. This, but you're right though. This is they do get them from time to time, but this one's kind of pushing the edge, I think, of extreme because it covers the whole. It's the whole state. It's it's east, right. west, north, south, all at the same time. You know, it, it, sometimes it gets bitter cold in 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 western and northern Texas, and it's in the 60s and 70s uh, along the coastal bend, uh, and there's some big storm in between. But yeah, this this is this is everybody. This is like a you know, these are generational events. They. Uh, every 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 generation will tell their kids. You know, I remember when you know yeah. we we had to go to school, walk to school in, in snow for miles both ways. Well, you know, in which case it'll probably verify there since they can't drive. The roads are still a lot of the roads are still closed. Okay, Richard Melikar hitting super chat, and we thank you very much. But Richard, come on, seriously, seriously. Um, uh, He's the Joe. He says he says we do we 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 continue to have we continue have to worry about accumulation. Was too warm today, and the ground will melt anything coming in. <laughs> Richard, <laughs> come on, seriously. Where's Richard located? And Richard's here. He's, he's he's here on Long Island. So in other words, he feels that the temperatures today, which got so, to within a few degrees of fifty, will preclude. We actually got into the fifties here. Uh, we yeah, got to 49. So, so, I'm right. So what we're going to going to the low 20s by morning. We're probably not going to make it much above freezing uh, tomorrow, and we'll be in the upper teens and low 20s come Thursday morning. Are you trying to say that the ground is going to be at, the ground temperature is going to be 50 through all of that? No, <laughs> uh, no. You know, let me let's get this warm ground thing nonsense out of here once and for all. Okay. I mean, really, first of all, 
it's not a boilerplate that holds on to the heat when it gets it's heated. It might be warm, but it, it but it, it cool eventually does cool and it does it a lot faster than you think. Uh, and also, I don't care how warm it is the day before, and we it could be in the 60s the day before. Uh, it, snow intensity, the intensity of the snowfall overcomes the, the effect of the warm ground temperatures from the day before a snowstorm. Will it, when you have heavy snow falling, lasts about 10 minutes, and and then it's done. So you know, really stop. Stop. I mean, you don't, had, you don't have Richard. You don't have to worry about the warm ground. We love you. I mentioned you it last week. I mentioned it last week. I think it was on the 9th of February in 2017. We had 62 degrees, a record high temperature for the date at Central Park, and the next day we had a blizzard. 12 hours after that high, I was driving in in S plus with two, in, in blizzard conditions. Yeah, so, and, and a temperature of 19. So right. stop, stop <laughs> worrying. Okay. They're all concerned. They want every flake to stick. Every flake is sacred. Every flake is great. If a flake is wasted, God gets quite irate. So there. All right. So uh, shall we take a look at the early call? Uh, there's there wants uh, Bill Rogers wants clarification of these final calls of these early calls. They are early calls. I can tell you. I can tell you right now. My map's changing. Okay, I, I made it this afternoon. I, I, um, I really would want it. I, 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 as soon as I finished it, about ten minutes later, I was like, I got to change this, but I, I, I didn't, and I know I'm gonna. I have to change it. No, we're gonna have to change. No, there's no question. In fact, I even said on, I, I, I posted uh, my map with a with a weather synopsis, and I actually said that there are two cases or two factors here, which is why I'm calling it my preliminary snowfall outlook, because, well, the, the, first of all, before we go into anything, why don't we take a look at yours, Joe? I all mean, right. Well, I'm... first of all, let me get you, get us back on the screen, because I just accidentally knocked us off. Uh, one second. You've gotten awfully black lately. <laughs> God. Oh, Lord. We're in darkness. Hang on, Joe. Just give me a second here. There we go. I hit the wrong there. I had to get rid of the, our double screen and hide it in the background so I don't accidentally knock it off. Okay, I'll bring up my map first. Uh, before we do that, very quick, uh, welcome to everybody tonight. Uh, we've got 69 likes. Uh, let, we got to over 200 yesterday, so let's shoot for 100. If we get over 100, then let's shoot for 200. And uh, we've got a couple of early super chat hits besides Richard uh, Melikar. We've got Wayne Stuckert and uh, Stuckart, I'm sorry, and uh, David Fuller, both hitting super chat. And thank you so much to, to all three of you as we get going. Okay. Oh, the likes went immediately up to 101. That's wonderful. All right. So the, Joe and I don't have to worry about getting to 200. Okay. So let us go now uh, to uh, the... Um, the map in the map that is in question here. Hang on one second, and I will have it up there. So, I, Joe, I'm doing this over. Okay, I, I did this this early this afternoon. Uh, I, I I broad brushed an area of three to six, and then I went one to three north of there. So, I, uh, you know, after looking at everything late this afternoon, 
I, I'm thinking that that line, that, that three to six northern line has got to be pushed up further to the north. The reason why I did this is that as much as I think the NAM has the hot hand, there's no question that the NAM has the hot hand. And the NAM has a very aggressive front end um, snowfall for Thursday. It gives over an inch of liquid in six hours, uh, which would be, you know, every, every if every flake sticks, uh, it, it would be, you know, at least 10 um, and maybe even a little bit more because I think when it starts off, it's going to be, you know, fairly cold in the 20s. Um, so there might be some high ratios at the beginning, but um, I don't know. I wasn't a hundred percent. I just wasn't a hundred percent sold on that yet. And I looked at all the other global models, and and you know the global models seem to be flatter to an extent, not by a lot, but they just seem to be a little bit flatter. And the European in particular is a, a little bit further south and colder. In fact, it keeps it all snow for me. Uh, and northern, you know, doesn't bring any sleet in at all. It keeps it all snow right uh, through uh, Thursday night. It, it has a longer event, but it doesn't have that, you know, it doesn't have that really aggressive punch uh, that comes in that the NAM is indicating. So that just made me a little bit cautious. And, and I started with this. And to be honest, I could have easily made, instead of making that three to six, I certainly could have made it four to eight instead of three to six. I was toying between three to six or four to eight. And I finally said, you know what, let me just go three to six for now. And then if I, if the NAM is still punching out big numbers tomorrow, I can, you know, certainly up the amounts and, and left the door wide open uh, uh, for me to do that. Well, I, I agree that there's a lot of things that you have to uh, consider. The global models indeed have not been all that, you know, tremendous in terms of cranking out a lot of uh, moisture with this system. The NAM, that's the thing that uh, has me scratching my head here and uh, a little worried about uh, what the NAM is saying because the NAM pretty much is looking more and more like what it looked like on January 31st and February 1st with our giant snowstorm. Right. Um, and uh, I'll show show that in a moment. Let me bring my uh, my my uh, stuff up. Okay, uh, let so let me, to, uh, let me switch to you so you can do the, go ahead. Hold on, hold on. I'm going to, blah, 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 blah. come on. See, now I, I don't understand why this works sometimes and sometimes it doesn't. I'm, I'm clicking control O, there we go. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> All right, oh, All right. We're, in, God. we're in business. Don't stop me now, I'm rolling. Uh, <laughs> uh, as Ted Baxter said on election night during a snowstorm. Um, all right, now. We're going to share the screen. Share the screen. And boom. Here's what I have. And you said you broad brushed the three to six. It could have easily have gone four to eight. So I have four to eight for much of the area, New York City, Westchester, Rockland, Southern Orange, most of Putnam County. Uh, and then higher amounts, as much as eight to 12, Northwest Jersey, Northern, basically, let's say north of the 84 corridor on up into Ulster, Sullivan, and Dutchess County. And what is concerning to me, Joe, is that the, um, the uh, uh, NAM is once again showing a rather significant F-gen or deformation zone uh, indicating possible uh, heavy snow bands crossing through the immediate New York City metropolitan area around one or two o'clock in the afternoon on Thursday. And as we saw in the big snowstorm on February 1st, 
we get we get a band like that again, and we could see some spots averaging two to three inches per hour for several hours, and that could very easily change this four to eight here to maybe six to ten or six to twelve, and up here, um, possibly even uh, twelve or more inches. It it it's it's a band. In fact, let me uh, let me bring that. Uh, I, I made a uh, a uh, copy of that. Okay, let's uh, let's let me get rid of this. Uh, Bill, uh, while you while you're bringing it up, Bill Rogers, you know, just going back on that uh, the uh, warm ground sun angle thing. It's not that I don't believe in the warm ground or sun angle, but there are specific setups that those apply to, and 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 again, intensity trumps it all. So if if you've got intensity. If you get one of those snow bands like Joe's just pointing pointed out, I don't care how, I don't care what time of the year it is, whether it could, it could be early April, you get under that kind of omega, uh, you're going to accumulate everywhere. Uh, so just bear that in mind. We, and saw that, we saw that in 1982 with the 82 April blizzard, April 6th blizzard. I mean, it was, uh, you know, the, the, here it is, it's early April, but it was coming down real hard. We even had thunder and lightning during that uh, yeah so i mean intensity trumps it all look if it if it's a light snow uh where the visibility is you know where you're talking about snow falling at like normally would accumulate at like a quarter of an inch an hour or a half an inch an hour then yeah okay sure uh it, it'll have a real tough time and 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 a lot of it will you know will, will melt uh before it has a chance to pile up but i'm but, but once you start getting into you know, borderline moderate or moderate snows of an inch or more an hour, those, those things, that concept doesn't apply. So there's your F, Jen, that's that, as Joe has uh, alluded to. And yeah, Joe, I mean, this this looks every bit as wicked uh, of the uh, Omega that comes in as it did with the uh, the, the, the storm back on, on January 31st, February 1st. And this is, this is the NAM uh, 12 kilometer. And we saw in all the other models, either not anywhere near as robust or completely missing our area. For example, let's let's take a look at the three kilometer NAM. You would figure the three kilometer would be, uh, because it has a tighter uh, grid, it would be even more significant. Although now this is the 18Z yeah. uh, three kilometer, which looks a lot more robust than the 12Z uh, run. In fact, the 12Z, there it is. Um, and, and, and again, if for nothing else, the timing is the same. I mean, we're we're looking at an event where the both NAM models, the three and the twelve, are saying 18Z or one o'clock in the afternoon is when it's really going to be coming down at its hardest and it's at its worst. Meantime, if you remember last uh, the last big storm, February 1st, the global model, the GFS, uh, they had the uh, the the active area of um, Omega completely miss us. Take a look. This is uh, this is 18Z. Look where look where that that omega is, and look where it goes. It lifts away to the north and east. Right. Well, it's, and, it's, and that's that's glancing blow. And that's one of the things with the GFS and the European. They have longer events and colder events where it would be mostly snow, but that we don't really get into the you know the supercharged omega. On the other hand, and I, I'm thinking that you're 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 thinking this way too. The NAM the NAM has had such a hot hand these last three or four weeks that uh, you want to respect the fact that it has this uh, you know this this uh, heavy snow potential 
that band of heavy snow potential in the Omega because it got it right. It, it, it's gotten it right in every event that we've had, every every one. Absolutely. So, so Steve, Steve Lapont, uh, in fact, uh, he saw my post on my uh, Facebook page, and he said, uh, "Joe, not four to eight. You should have gone six to 12. And I, I wrote back to Steve and I said, "Look, you may very well be right. The four to eight is, you know, just a preliminary shot." If I if tomorrow I see the NAM showing what it's showing today, and if the uh, other models, the global models, even hint that they're jumping in the boat and going into the NAM camp, so to speak, that four to eight could very easily get pushed up to six to twelve. I just don't like to go with a big number right off the bat. Not to say that four to eight is not a pretty big number, but uh, it could very well be much higher than what what I'm suggesting now. We're just going to have to wait and see. And, and the other thing that the other factor is. Um, you're right. The global models are colder and a little bit flatter, a little bit more suppressed, uh, which means that there may not be all that much in the way of sleet and ice mixing in. But if it does start mixing in late in the day or tomorrow night, that could actually put an end to any significant accumulation of snow and maybe even hold the accumulations down. That, too, is a bit problematic. And uh, well, it depends, though. I mean, if you if, if you if you believe the NAM. If you believe the NAM, there's going to be over an inch of liquid to, uh, on Thursday right. afternoon in the cold air. You're gonna, you'll get almost all the accumulating snow will come on the front end. Right. So if, if that's right, if those numbers play out, even if you wanted to come, let, let's say you wanted to come off 20%, 25%, it still puts down six to eight inches very quickly um, right. before it, it tails off. Then it's got, you know, then it has the low coming up and it's got another area of precip at night, which it has a sort of extended area of sleet. I mean, at the end of the day, look, could this wind up being, you know, 6 to 12 or 8 to 12 for everybody? Sure, absolutely. Uh, I, I could see I could see that happening. But I, I, I just want to be a little cautious. We went to, um, we, we saw what happened yesterday. By the way, the NAM nailed that one too, showing a low going so far left. Uh, I mean, we wound up with a low that, that went to P Pittsburgh and Buffalo. Uh, and, of course, the warm air intruded all the way up into uh, into New England uh, with this uh, and upstate New York. Uh, so uh, I, you, you, um, I, I can see I could see the how the colder, slightly weaker solution happens because of the um, the fact that. Once again, you've got something coming into a ridge position. So that right there tells you, you know, you're not dealing with the, you know, there's no powerhouse here. It's not like you're going to have a deepening low. So you always want to be a little suspect when you're having something that's coming into a ridge position. On the other hand, the ridge this time around, Joe, is flattening as the system approaches because the whole trough is starting to swing eastward. So uh, that means the up the 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 upper levels are only going to get so warm, and then they're going to start to chill down again. So it, it it's it's not an easy forecast by any stretch of the imagination at this point. And then Peter Bicker points out too, by the way, and it's a good point. Uh, we've seen these things adjust northwest at the last minute this year. So. Those suppressed offshore tracks on the on the global models may wind up pushing a little bit more to the northwest, and you wind up with a a, a slightly warmer and a more robust solution. So it, it's a very very tough balance here that you kind of you know you got to be really careful uh, in, in in overplaying and underplaying your hand. Now Joe's got the European up. I'm going to shut up now, and you can go ahead. And <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> all right. No, it's it, you're all, you're bringing up very good points here. Now again, this is the. Uh, 
The intermediate European model, this was initialized at 18Z, one o'clock this afternoon. The first frame on the uh, uh, view here is for one hour, about an hour ago at seven o'clock. You can see that this is the storm that uh, came by late last night and this morning. Notice, if you will, the isobars are not terribly tight together, but the pressure gradient is significant enough to provide us with some occasional gusty strong winds tonight. So if you're going out tonight, as those temperatures fall, the chill factor by late tonight, tomorrow morning, I think will be down in the single digits. So in as much as it warmed up, again, for most everybody to near or above 50 today, it's going to be quite a different story when you step outside later tonight and especially first thing in the morning tomorrow. No problems for your Wednesday. In fact, Wednesday looks like a bright day and a sunny day out there with uh, maybe just a few thin high clouds, but temperatures will be decidedly colder than they were today. Uh, many places near 50 today. Tomorrow, I suspect temperatures may be almost 20 degrees colder, Joe, only in the uh, upper 20s and lower 30s. Yep, that's so, what I went for. Yep, quite, uh, a, quite a different story tomorrow. Then as we move into tomorrow night, It'll start clouding up, especially in the after midnight hours. This particular run of the European wants to start bringing measurable precipitation across Eastern Pennsylvania, Western New Jersey, and beginning to edge just into the New York City metropolitan area as early as 12Z or 7 a.m. on Thursday. Now we will assume that for most that will be snow. Now notice if you will, the 540 line, the boundary that usually separates rain from snow, although this is a cold air mass, especially down near the surface. So uh, even places that are above 540, like down here between 540 and 546, this zone probably will see snow and mixed snow and sleet. That'll be for central and southern New Jersey. But all this area, Long Island, northern New Jersey, and up into the Hudson Valley, likely to be all snow. By one o'clock, and this is now what the NAM is suggesting will be the peak of the, the storm, take note of the fact that the green is for areas, the leading edge of the green is 0.15 inches of liquid precipitation. Note also the 540 is now sitting right on top of New York. Notice also that for the Hudson Valley, for my part of the Hudson Valley, for example, we're looking at only about 0.5, to one-tenth of an inch. So it's been snowing, but it's not really been snowing too fiercely or too uh, strongly. Uh, the, it, it's almost as if the, the European is trying to hold back and keep uh, the lion's share of the precip to the south. And then look at this, Joe. Uh, by 7 o'clock on uh, Thursday night, it, it looks like the storm system, here it is down here, is getting ready to pull away. And again, all the green and uh, the yellow here is a half an inch of liquid precip. The green, and again, is anything above 0.15 inches, but it looks like now it's beginning to get ready to sail away to the east. And by the time we get to, this is now 1 a.m., it looks like the lion's share of the, of the liquid precip is away to the east. We've still got precip, but it looks like it's only leftover. Also note that the 540 is now a little ways north of New York, so maybe some sleet mixing in. Again, this is all if you take this at face value, this right. particular run of the European. Mm -hmm. And then as we continue to move away, maybe that, you know, Friday, it never really clears. We may have a lot of lingering or leftover snow shower and flurry activity during the day on Friday. And you'll have to wait probably until late Friday or Friday night before 
everything finally clears out and dries out. And then uh, the weekend looks dry and fair with no more precip. But again, uh, a lot of lingering precip on the backside of this system, albeit light and scattered or intermittent on Friday. So what this shows, Joe, at least the European intermediate run initialized again at 18Z, is that it's a faster moving and a more suppressed type system. And that a lot of the really heavy duty stuff doesn't seem to interact with the tri-state area. I don't have like um, at um, Pinnacle Weather, where they give you uh, an idea of what the European is predicting in terms of uh, snow amounts. I don't have that access here on this particular. Well, and they don't have model. the 18Z, Matt. They don't have the 18Z on there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. but but the idea of it. Well, look, the European uh, has uh, not been the best model of choice. Certainly not been the model of choice this winter. Uh, just because it has something doesn't make it true. Uh, I think a lot of us just go to it. You know, a lot of people go to it reflexively because there, you know, it does it does work well, or it has tended in the past to work well. I would argue that there have been times that it, it has not worked well. Uh, so, uh, but but again, is it going to be more suppressed? It would go against the. It would go against what we've had this winter, where things have. Um, well, with some exceptions, there were some things that were, you know, were, were suppressed and they would, and they, and they stayed suppressed. If you remember back in January with systems that passed by well to the South. So, uh, what we would start to see, uh, is it would, it would start to see tonight and then tomorrow to follow up as a, some confirmation. If the European starts nudging more to the Northwest, uh, and and if the NAM continues with this sort of you know head-on collision course with a really well-developed uh, area of warm advection coming up, and you get this band you know these bands of heavy snow that develop, and that the NAM is right in producing that much liquid during the day. I just again I I, I was I wanted to be cautious uh, at at this stage of the game. Right. And then tomorrow, look. If tomorrow they 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 uh, we we can we can work that 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 uh, part of the equation out. We'll we can, we'll put out final numbers that um, may be higher than what we have now. Um, and 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 we'll see. We'll this just is, have to wait. Other, we'll just have to wait till tomorrow. Now the other thing that you just saw on the 18Z run of the European, it pretty well it it brought that that area of green, the uh, 0.15 and greater amount up into the Hudson Valley and then took it away by uh, by late Thursday night. What was interesting is to me is that here's the 12Z uh, European run, the one that was initialized from uh, this morning and came out this afternoon. Notice that the, the, uh, the area of significant precipitation never really makes it up into the Hudson Valley. It stays pretty well suppressed through the end of the day on Thursday. And you say, okay, that's it, it's all over. But yet on Friday, notice I said, that on Friday, we seem to be backlashed by residual precip. And look at what happens. On Friday in the morning, the green finally makes it fully over the Hudson Valley, but it's kind of like a, an after effect, uh, um, you know, after uh, a major earthquake, right. an, an, after, an aftershock, if you will. And, and by the way, the, the, just, just another point for everybody, the 540 line is, 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 is it, you know, we look at it as where we think the rain snow line is going to be. There are times where it could be as high as 544, 545, even 546, yes. uh, depending on you know other factors. 
one thing that we had this time around, those thicknesses are high because there's a ridge over us. So it's reflecting those higher pressures and warmer temperatures in the upper atmosphere, and way up at 18,000 feet. But if you uh, look at, say, from 10,000 feet down, uh, it's all, you know, it's all way below freezing. And this this surface high is the Joe. This surface high is no ordinary surface high. This is no. a quality high. This is this is Arctic air from the you know what's left of the arctic air that came down into the plains and down to texas uh, we're obviously not getting to the extreme that they got but that is dense arctic air and 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 that is 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 going to be a, another factor here because the the, the precip's going to want to go into that uh, that air is going to be dry we're going to have low dew points again going into this wednesday night and into Thursday morning. So, you know, there, how much, how much, how many, you know, are we going to lose some of that trying to come into that dry air and it just evaporates? I don't know. Uh, the NAM says no, Joe. The NAM, the NAM I noticed on the FOOS had uh, the R2 by uh, two, Thursday morning. The relative humidity at R2 was over 90%. So, you know, using your rule, that says it does reach the ground pretty quickly. Uh, but, New right. NAM comes out, and the new NAM will be out in a little over an hour. So we'll see if it follows the European, or it just keeps right on going with this, you know, headlong bowling alley heading down for the the head pin, and we're it. I like the uh, I like to use the R one uh, to determine when the uh, snow. Was, comes I thought it was the R two. The R the, the R the R one when it goes gets to eighty percent, in my opi humble opinion, uh, that's when it's the atmosphere at the low levels. Is certainly moist enough for the snow to make it all the way down to the ground. Uh, Seventy percent plus a zero on the vertical motion. There's your precipitation. Um, so, uh, you know, these are all little things that you that we've all come to learn over all of these many years. And uh, I'm I hope it's not true. Somebody said, somebody told me, or was it you, Joe, that they're planning to decommission the NAM next year? Yes, they are. They can't do that. That's what they said. And this is from the guy. And this is from the guy who five years ago was saying, "Get rid of it." Get I rid never of it. said that. No, no, I said it. You said I it. Said yeah, it. I, I never said that, that. That one storm in 2016, January 2016, where all the models, the global models, were saying for that storm, like four to seven or eight to eight to ten or whatever. And here comes the NAM, 25 to 30 inches. Said, "Get rid of that stupid thing. That's not going to happen." And I was, sitting the last I, I was sitting across the way, just kind of waving that piece of paper, going. The NAM, Joe. The NAM. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, I, I have the NAM 3 because you mentioned it. Uh, and uh, we have more snow coming for Texas, although it doesn't look nearly as robust as what they had uh, Saturday night into, um, into Sunday. Uh, but there is going to be more ice and uh, certainly freezing rain in South Texas. The winter storm warnings are up there. Now, this is going to start to push up to the northeast. Our cold high tomorrow's no problem here in the eastern part of the United States. Of course, here comes uh, the the uh, moisture starts to really ramp up Wednesday night. This is Thursday morning at 7 a.m. And the NAM, the three-kilometer NAM has a ton of freezing rain in North Carolina and Southern Virginia, which is why they have winter storm warnings up there. But look at all that dark blue. And inside that dark blue, Joe, we got that, that band of purple again 
uh, over there in West Virginia. That's heavy snow. That's that 14-inch-an-hour rate uh, <laughs> uh, snows. But those dark blue heavy bands hold together pretty solidly uh, as the, as we go through uh, midday and early afternoon. Look at that. That's right over New York City, Long Island, northern New Jersey. Uh, and then that continues on to the northeast. And then, of course, once that infection is done, uh, you start to see the precipitation lighten up. And it may, at this point, when you lose the intensity, it goes over to, a for some areas, what looks like a long period of sleep for the overnight. And then it just kind of piddles away. We only go out to 1 a.m. here on the 3-kilometer. The 12-kilometer the, the, the NAM today was about the same. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe on the 12-kilometer NAM just had more snow that went further to the north, Bill Rogers. So pay attention now because... You can see it go up to Vermont here, but I'll just roll it back again. And the 12 kilometer NAM is a little bit more robust with the snow in North Texas. And then you see that freezing rain going into Northwest Louisiana, Northern Mississippi. And then now here come those, those uh, dark blue heavy snow bands on, on, the, uh, on the 12 kilometer NAM, also evident. And this is at uh, 7 p.m. And you start to bring in some sleet along the coast there over long. It's not completely sleet, by the way. There's some blue in there, too. Uh, so I think that's a factor of intensity. And then it, it, it generates this other sur another surge of precip during the overnight into Friday morning before it finally pulls away to the northeast. And then, and then we're done. You see the leftover snows. And the NAM pushes the snow all the way up uh, almost into northern Vermont and New Hampshire here. And I can tell you, Joe, you and I both know uh, a lot of events that uh, the global models sometimes have a really tough time pushing that snow uh, north of, uh, you know, up to Albany, and you think it's never going to make it there, and it not only makes it there, but it makes it all the way up. So yeah. so the NAM is suggesting that uh, this is going to be a, a, an all-the-way-up affair. Here's the 18Z GFS. And you know something? The 18Z GFS, Joe, uh, which... which gives you gives you a little support here for the NAM because it also develops some heavy snow bands in Virginia. And you see them there. Now you're right, the Omega was a little was weaker, but it still tries to do something with this as it pushes that up to the north. And again, also a little bit of a flatter, slightly colder solution. Not as colder as the cold as the European. But even the GFS winds up putting out about uh, six, seven or eight inches. Uh, out, of, out of this as it moves away, the, the low moves out to the northeast and weather conditions improve on Friday and our weather is um, is very good uh, for uh, for the weekend. I, I'm not really favoring any particular solution. Uh, actually, if I was going to favor one solution, I would go to the dam because the dam has the hot hand. But uh, I just wanted, all I'm saying is I want to be a little cautious for one more night to be cautious and then tomorrow uh, I can... Uh, you know, make the adjustments. And, and and that's not an unreasonable thing for a forecaster to do, all right? Uh, so for you young well, forecasters, you don't need to hit the number correctly because no one is going to remember what you said anyway, <laughs> okay? If you're doing this professionally, trust me, okay? Absolutely. You can give them a flake count and they'll tell you that you got it wrong. So don't even bother trying to, you know, you want to get the best forecast you can, so take your time in doing it. By the way, on that note, Joe, Frank Faldudo on my Facebook page made a very, very interesting point and a very good point because, you know, we, you and I talk about, and I'm going to come back full screen here for a moment, then we'll go back to do some more, um, some more map work. But uh, 
you know, three, four, five days out, and you, know, you and I both, uh, you know, throw our hands up in the air because you're looking at what may happen, and people are already throwing out numbers of 12 inches, 18 inches, or whatever the number, the double-digit number has happens to be. How high can you go? That's, you know, that's always seems to be the battle. But um, he, he points out that uh, people on their apps... I don't want to mention whose apps they are because I think we all kind of know whose apps these belong to that are tied to uh, there's no human input. Uh, <clears throat> models are, are producing the forecasts and the snow numbers. So they come ba off basically right off the snow forecast map. So you know what? If the map puts 33 on there, your app is going to say 33 inches. And that's what then and then suddenly they tell somebody and they tell two people and so on. It becomes like the Greg Breck shampoo commercial. And suddenly everybody is talking these double digit numbers. And it's very frustrating for us because then you, then folks come to us and say, well, I heard, you know, I love, I, I love, they, they, you know, the, of all the things you can gossip about, well, I heard. Where do you hear this? Where do you hang out that you all you people do is talk about snow? Why don't you do, you know, do what normal people do when they gossip and they talk about, you know, gossipy stuff. Not, not how many, I mean, how much snow is going to fall tomorrow. You know, what's so funny is the fact that when I was at News 12, we, we had just started getting into promoting the News 12 weather app. And on, uh, one of the people I used to work with, uh, the, uh, my night uh, news anchor, uh, Suzanne Colucci, uh, came up to me one day and says, how come you're saying for the amount of snow when the snow is going to begin and how much, how come you're saying one thing and the app is saying something completely different? And I looked at it and it was one of those apps where it goes out like 10 days in advance and I'm only forecasting for seven. And it was a totally different, I didn't even know to this day what the app was based on, but it was certainly not based upon what I was saying and what I was predicting on air. So I, I, you know, you got, I'm, I'm just totally befuddled as to where the information to, you know, produce these apps, uh, these well, I'm, you know, being that you are a card carrying member of the society for the revival of the rotary telephone, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not likely that you would have those apps on your device. So I, 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 a lot of devices come with, you know, with weather apps automatically included. And you know what? You can't even delete them if you want to. Uh, so I, I never look at mine. I, 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 I put mine. I, I, I don't even look at it. I dis I, I, I couldn't uninstall it, but I disabled it. <laughs> so there. <laughs> um, Scott Donig uh, just hitting super chat tonight. He said, "Isn't it great not having to worry about coat and tie and makeup?" Yes, it is great. Yes. It yes. is great. We are both of us are all natural, including my hair Absolutely. color. Absolutely. Yes, Joe. You 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 know you, they dye your white in beautifully every two weeks. <laughs> they certainly do. Okay, let's get back to what's going on. Um, let's go. Wait, before we do that, I just want to check one thing. And uh, Daniel Kirby says so Dan, now, now um Johnny Quest is at 3500 feet above sea level uh, in northwestern Virginia he says can can uh, 
the air at that layer be warm enough where you're raining down there and it's freezing rain down at the bottom? Oh, sure. Uh, absolutely, it can. Now, I, I, I got to look specifically for your place to see whether that is the case or not. So why don't we do this? Let's bring up, let's get a tight, you know, we'll do this for Johnny Quest because Johnny is one of our moderators. So I will, let's bring up the GFS uh, and I could pull up a sounding. You're going to get a sounding here? I'm going to pull up a sounding. I I don't know. I'm just going to pull a sounding up in, 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 in uh, Northwest Virginia and hopefully I hit a mountaintop. Uh, so let's see. Uh, if if I get this right, let me let let's let's also go close up on the region so that I have a better shot of hitting a mountaintop. By the way, speaking of mountaintops, Joe, I was checking uh, down in Blairsville, Georgia, where my little cabin is, and it uh, uh, it has not gone above freezing there for the last three and a half days. It snowed last night, and it it the high today was just thirty, and when I last checked the temperature at at six o'clock. It was down to 21. So uh, they're, they're, they, they were colder today than up here. So I've pulled up this point. Uh, this is oh. what? Now, I don't even know what, you know if I pulled the valley or a mountain. But uh, if you look at the sounding, now John, uh, Johnny Quest, you can see the little red dot. I don't know if you can see the little red dot on the screen. But if that's close to where you are, the uh, the freezing line on the sounding is is this dashed line right up here. So the red line is the sounding air temperature. It stays below freezing. So at least in the world, according to the GFS, uh, you will uh, you you'll see snow up up there at 3,500 feet. Doesn't look like there's any. You know, there's a warm layer. I mean, it, it gets close to the zero line at about 10,000 feet, but it doesn't actually nose through it. So maybe you will get snow up at that level. We'll see. So uh, let's uh, let's run through the uh, winter storm warnings tonight, uh, where we have them in Texas, Oklahoma. Uh, this time we don't have the whole state of Texas. We only have about half the state of Texas under either a winter storm warning or a winter weather advisory. The warnings include Houston and Dallas. Dallas for snow, <clears throat> Houston for freezing rain. Winter storm warnings for the northern uh, two thirds of Louisiana, all of Arkansas, almost all of Oklahoma. Uh, the uh, northern, northwestern third of Mississippi, western Tennessee, Memphis uh, going to get another round of big snows there. Winter storm watches for uh, much of Missouri, southeast Kansas, most of Kentucky, east central and eastern Tennessee, western and northern, north central North Carolina, virtually all of Virginia except the southeast, or virtually all of West Virginia, two-thirds of Pennsylvania, most of New Jersey, the southern half of New York State, south of I-90, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Rhode Island, Long Island, and there you go. Um, such is the extent of the latest round of winter storm watches and winter storm warnings. Uh, I've got the current temperatures, Joe, by the way, on the hazards map. I've got the temperature and dew point plots uh, in uh, Texas, and Houston International Airport is at 34 with a dew point of 17, an east-southeast wind at 10 miles an hour, and a wind chill of 26 under a 4,200-foot overcast. Let's go up further north. We'll head up toward uh, Dallas-Fort Worth, where uh, right now in Dallas, uh, Dallas Addison Airport, I didn't know Addison Green had an airport named after him. Um, <laughs> Dallas Addison Airport is at 18 
uh, with a dew point of 8, an east-southeast wind at, at uh, 10 miles an hour, uh, overcast, 1,100-foot over, 11,000-foot overcast. Uh, they're getting ready to snow. Uh, there's some snow out to the west there. You can see the extent of the winter storm warnings. I mean, you think we were looking at a map of New York State with these temperatures. I mean, it, it, it is really just astounding that that polar air went went all the way down the way they did. But it it has come off those extreme uh, numbers that we saw yesterday. And again, this morning, many lows in Oklahoma and in North Texas were down uh, with uh, minus single digits. There's a satellite loop tonight. The skies uh, have uh, at least attempted to partially clear uh, along the coast, although there's still some clouds to the west. And now you can see that short wave uh, that is uh, coming out of New Mexico and into West Texas, which is going to be the storm system that we're looking at here for uh, later Wednesday night and Thursday. Uh, the uh, radars are quiet. WPC, uh, between this and there's a cold front on Monday that'll produce some rain and snow showers, but the bulk of what you're seeing here is from the system for uh, Wednesday for Wednesday night, Thursday. Uh, they've got an inch and a half of liquid, Joe. Um, let's say three quarters of that, of that. So an inch and a quarter of that is from the system for Thursday. And then it tails off a bit, but it still has half inch plus numbers going all the way up into upstate New York. The uh, probability, uh, their probability maps, uh, the latest ones, which were updated late this afternoon, I have the probability of at least two. And you can see a very, they're, they're tending to favor more the inland areas than the coast, but even at the coast, they have a 50% or greater chance of at least two. And that runs down um, into uh, northern West Virginia and northwestern Virginia. And four, uh, probability of four, 50% uh, to about New York City to just north of Philadelphia. And then you've got the 80 to 90% in northwest New Jersey and then right up to about your house, uh, Route 84 and points north. And I also did the probability of freezing rain because this is going to be important in, in some areas, particularly down <clears throat> in Virginia. This is the probability of at least a tenth of an inch of ice covering much of central and southern Virginia and northern North Carolina. And also down into Texas, you see this very large area of at least a tenth of an inch of, uh, of uh, ice uh, from eastern Texas into northern Louisiana, southern Arkansas, a quarter of an inch, uh, an 80% probability of a quarter of an inch in parts of east Texas and northwest Louisiana, and also an 80% probability of at least a quarter of an inch in south-central Virginia and north-central North Carolina. That actually, the 50% line of that extends <clears throat> all the way up into southeastern Pennsylvania. So there's a lot, there's a lot to this, um, to, to this system. And the long range, let's give a, a quick uh, look at the upper air to see if we can get any clues about what's going to happen as we get toward the end of the month. I think, Joe, you and I both agree that next week looks a bit calmer. Our uh, trough lifts out. Uh, there's no block around at the moment. There's another trough that comes in early next week that pushes a cold front through. And we have this, you know, rather long fetch northwest flow in the upper atmosphere which is, you know, is, is a cold and dry flow, unless there's a short wave in there that we can't, you know, really see. Then another vortex forms in western Canada. Part of that energy drops down into the west, and then it wants to drop that vortex. Now, here's a change from yesterday, Joe. 
the uh, GFS was trying to take this vortex and move it into the Great Lakes and eventually into the northeast. Now it's much further north with it, and it's more into southeast, into uh, eastern Canada and Labrador. We'll, we'll see if that verifies. And unlike yesterday, where we had a big, there have been a few runs. Every other run seems to want to bring back the big block over Greenland. This particular run didn't quite do that. Uh, that doesn't mean that it's right. So uh, I still think that the idea of some blockiness developing in the longer range uh, is possible when we get into uh, the month of March. Uh, that is, uh, that's a long-term, that's a long-range battle that we will live to fight another day. And that day will be tomorrow. <laughs> so oh, are we still taking Friday, Saturday, and Sunday off maybe, or? Uh, we're definitely taking Friday and Saturday. Yeah. That 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 that's that's a given. Um, we are taking taking a uh, uh, a Saturday off. Some people so, on the chat board have been saying that their um, significant others are not happy with them constantly tuning in on us. One person uh, said, "My wife wants me to uh, give up Joe and Joe for Lent." <laughs> <laughs> oh, good lord. Uh, just checking the chat board. We have a we have a couple of let's call them strays. <laughs> Maybe we'll make a decision tomorrow as to whether or not we uh, on on Thursday, if indeed we do get into the hot and heavy part of this storm, let's say around midday, whether or not we we come on early, do something you know during that time frame. Um, yeah, no, I'm good with that. Maybe we'll move up the Thursday show early. If, uh, if it's going uh, gangbusters in the middle of the day, I, yeah. I, su I support that. I support that concept. Yes. Okay, great. So, um, I guess that's it for tonight. We're going to keep the show under an hour, which is really right. novel. And we so, got 217 likes in the pocket, so that's, that's Yes, nice. we did. That's the second night in a row with 200 likes. Thank you so much. And David Fuller, Wayne Stuckart, Richard Melikar, Steve LaPointe. It's LaPointe, Joe. Uh, he, did I say LaPointe? You said LaPointe. It's LaPointe. LaPointe. And... I'll make it a, I will make it a point to make <laughs> to sure say LaPointe. Steve's name's properly. Okay, I, I got I to gotta move this so I can see, because I'm on a second monitor. Oh, and Christine for president hit super chat too. Thank you, Christine for president. I don't know. You're new to the board. Thank you so much for doing that. We, Joe and I really do appreciate it greatly and welcome. Oh, and I see junior uh, is on tonight. Hi junior. I'm wearing, you know, I was wearing Junior's shirt after four days in a row. The sweatshirt had to go in the wash uh, from the, uh, from Bayonne uh, office of emergency management. Uh, Let's see. My wife caught me on a Patreon Zoom call before the big one a couple of weeks ago and called, oh, Jesus, <laughs> called you a geek with another adjective in front of that. <laughs> it's OK. It's, it's our secret, Junior. I promise I won't I, I won't tell a soul. OK. Now that I have. <laughs> Anyhow, I'm just trying to think there was if there's anything else I wanted to talk to you about and. I guess, as always, I'll probably remember after we, we say goodnight. I'm sure you will remember, and uh, we'll be here tomorrow night. Tomorrow night should be exciting. Tomorrow night, hopefully, you and I will be uh, more converging on similar numbers for this and, uh, and, new atrocity. You know, help Bill, Bill Rogers out and extend your, the northern extent of your map to Vermont and maybe the southern extent a little bit further to the south. It'll make everybody happy. It'll make Bill happy anyway. 
Would you I'll do that, Joe? I'll see what I can do. If oh, I, please do. Scads of time to, you know, just work on this stuff. Yes. I was chopping away at old snow, getting everything all set for, for Thursday, so I don't run into it. Yeah. <laughs> time to clear everything off on Thursday afternoon and evening. Exactly. The Joe and Joe Weather Show brought to you by our friends at Omni True Value Hardware, 1226 North Wellwood Avenue in West Babylon. They still have plenty of rock salt if you need it. 631-756-1125 is the telephone number. The website, omnitruevalue.com. And I will let you know tomorrow what their hours are going to be on Thursday. Uh, they may open early and close late, but we'll find out. And also brought to you by Wholesale Holiday Lighting by Giannini of Giannini Landscapers of Lindenhurst, 162 Ocean Avenue in Lindenhurst. Whether you are uh, getting your house decorated for the holidays or you want to become a holiday decorator, give them a call, 631-957-5106. So, tomorrow... uh, Regular time, 7.30 Eastern. I'll have a weather in five up in the morning so we can uh, get a quick update of what maybe the nighttime models have done. Patreon members, you will get a weather in 10 uh, as you've been getting uh, these last couple of days. And then we'll be back at uh, our usual shopping time, Joe, which is at 7.30. Good night, one and all. Good night.